You're listening to episode 169 of Mid-America Reformed Seminary's Roundtable Podcast. In this broadcast, the faculty of Mid-America discuss theology and cultural issues from a Reformed perspective. I'm Jared Luchibor, Director of Marketing. Thank you for tuning in. In today's episode, we begin a sensitive and difficult topic that has affected many individuals and communities. We're going to be looking at abuse and the church. Reverend Andrew Compton is joined by Reverend Danny Patterson of Second Parish Orthodox Presbyterian Church in Portland, Maine. Reverend Patterson recently taught an interim course at the seminary on this subject. So in this introductory episode, Reverend Compton and Reverend Patterson will explore some of the complexities and challenges surrounding abuse within the church, and then they'll transition in the weeks ahead into recognizing and responding to such abuse. Well, it's good to be back with you for Mid-America Reform Seminary's Roundtable Podcast. I'm Andrew Compton, Associate Professor of Old Testament here at Mid-America. I also teach some counseling, and that is part of why I'm here with Reverend Danny Patterson, who is a pastor in the Orthodox Presbyterian Church in Maine. What town again? Portland. Portland, Maine. Not the Portland on the other side of the country, but the Portland. No, we we like to call it uh, the original Portland. (laughs) I think of it as the Portland in the part that looks like the animal head. You know how the country's like an animal with the legs, you know, Florida and Texas. Well, that's the head. So he's from Portland in the head rather than Portland in the in the hindquarters. But anyway, we're getting a little off track here. I'm getting glared at by our uh, producer. No, um. (laughs) But Danny's here. He has a, he's an alum of our institution, has served on the board, and just has been such a blessing to the school by coming out every year to teach a class, and some years like this one to teach two classes. And mm-hmm. kind of that's what we're here uh, to talk about is the not just the elective uh, that um, Danny uh, taught this January on uh, abuse in the church, recognizing and responding to abuse in the church, but but even just more broadly, we thought we'd spend some time discussing this very important topic that frankly has has not had the attention that it deserves uh, for for many years and we're seeing some very good movements in our day toward uh, addressing this better um, and and our, our hope is that as a, a place that trains pastors in particular we can enable uh, pastors to to minister better and more effectively into these areas so yeah thank you again Danny it was a long introduction but yeah happy to be here. Well, I wondered if what we should maybe start with uh, in this first first of couple episodes is just sort of how we got here. And um, I, I it strikes me when when I graduated from seminary when I started uh, in the pastorate, the earliest things I I was um, noticing were were how to minister to victims of abuse. At first, it was just people I was learning who had been through abuse, either domestic violence or sexual abuse, uh, years before. And we're still dealing with the effects of that. And so, uh, for example, um, when when Justin and Lindsay Holcomb came out with their book, uh, Rid of My Disgrace, uh, that was just such a, a helpful resource to me. And then a few years later, they came out with a domestic violence version of it as well. But initially, that was really my my focus, is thinking, I need to minister to to victims who have been abused. But it we've seen just in these last... 15 years even, um, real development, and the conversation has has moved. It hasn't moved from caring for people who have been abused, but it's it's thankfully grown to even say, no, we need to be more proactive in 
preventing abuse insofar as we are able so that our our churches have safety in place and not just safety in terms of windows on classrooms and protocols but just an ethos that cares for um cares for those who are being exploited in one way or another so it, it seems like we've had a shift i mean what what have what have you noticed in your own in your own ministry we we're not too far apart in age and too far apart in when we began ministry so right um i guess as <clears throat> i was just doing the calculations while you were talking but i um I think this is my um, 20th year um, in the ministry as an ordained individual, 21, I think, going and doing some sort of ministry after uh, seminary. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, from my from my own experience, uh, abuse was not talked about that much uh, when I was going through seminary. It was mentioned. It wasn't really even something that was talked a lot about um, in the church at large. And I was kind of thrown in the deep end uh, in my own life um, because of a situation probably eight or nine years ago with some friends of ours that weren't in our church. They were, um, uh, we knew them from other circles. And um, and my wife and I both noticed that there was something about their their relationship, our friends, um, that uh, it, it was it was it was a strained relationship, and it was it was marked by some things that were very concerning to both of us. But neither one of us really had the categories to kind of um, understand what was going on. Now, and and that really sort of. Um, forced me to ask questions uh, about the relationship and talk to them about that relationship. Um, And even then I was having a hard time wrapping my head around what was going on. But what I I now know is that it was uh, an abusive relationship um, in which the the husband was using really as his God-given gifts um, and as – as uh, uh, there, there's a great book called When Home Hurts by Jeremy Pierre and Greg mm, Wilson, right. uh, who really, really address this when when uh, they say, you know, abuse is when someone uses um, their personal capacities and gifts um, to diminish the co- personal capacities of another individual in order to control them and dominate them. And uh, and that looking back on it really what is what was going on in that marriage. But I didn't have the categories to kind of wrap my head around. But it was kind of the spark that ignit uh, that ignited the fire uh, in me, at least uh, to be more aware of those dynamics in relationships. And then it's kind of I've I've kind of moved it, you know, very quickly and and, and really becoming concerned about it for uh the church at large um and and i am encouraged i think the church i will say this i think the church is coming um into a a a new day and a better time in being sensitive to these matters yeah uh and so i'm really encouraged but that's kind of and then of course uh a number of um, a number of situations in my own ministry that has kind of propelled me further to to look into this was really kind of my story as to how I've 
gotten involved in sort of domestic abuse and domestic abuse advocacy. You know, and it's I think it's significant that in both our cases, and just hearing you talk reminds me, both of them were born not out of theory. You know, it's not that we, we started reading books and jumped on a bandwagon, but it was right. born out of pastoral work with real people. And, um, and yet at the same time, it's interesting to see how in bigger uh, currents of society, <clears throat> these issues are coming to the fore. Uh, now, you know, the Me Too movement has some weaknesses, but it, uh, it, but it has some real strengths. I mean, the only weakness, by weaknesses, you know, I mean, the way it, it's been politicized in some ways. And of course, mm. it's sad when people on the other side then thereby dismiss the concerns. Um, but, but that really is in sort of the public sphere, started putting this on more people's radars. And then even the hashtag church too really started to, to push it in, in broader ways. So that, that's been an interesting development. Right. And also the, the situate, well, the, 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 um, the publicity garnered, but just the work of Rachel Den Hollander. I mean, it's a name I think a lot of people know now because of her tireless work seeking justice for herself and for so many young gymnasts who had been uh, sexually abused at the hands of a team doctor, this this Larry Nasser. It was a very public trial. Uh, but listening beyond that into some of her own uh, writings, seeing um, her and her husband's just experience with the local church and how the church didn't quite know how to how to deal with them, how to care for them, and in some ways didn't want to even go into that set of topics that were very uncomfortable. And and to be completely fair, I mean, I'm not trying to throw names out just to 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 make this uh, you know, let's name drop for everything, but I, I was so moved in in her book, uh it was either in her book or, or somewhere, but but her church recognized how they had wronged her. And mm. and and they it actually had had there had been restoration of some kind. They, they no longer go to that church, but you know, just a real um rich uh picture of how as the church, as we are learning new things, as we're continually being conformed to scripture, um, as we are doing so, for example, in our day with missions and evangelism in Reformed churches. It's not that right. we've not been concerned with missions and evangelism. My call, one of our colleagues here, uh, Dr. Beach, has often talked about we're in a day where we're taking something that had been sort of in the corner and pulling it into the middle of the room. You know, it's not that that our theology doesn't support missions, but in the same way with abuse, we've always cared for the downtrodden pastoral care, but we've not devoted sufficient attention to it. Well, we have this new day where we're doing that, and again, just uh, the the that church in particular came to my mind as this is something. This is a very hopeful way forward. We can say, you know, what we haven't been focused on this. And that doesn't mean we need to then say, you know, oh, we, we, we have nothing to say anymore to the world. No, the answer is to say we have so many resources now and we, we, uh, we have a good way forward to help move in these new directions. Talk about, tell, me, tell us about some of even the work that you're involved in that is trying to, to move in these new directions. Yeah, um, I, I do think – I'll say something really quick. I would say feel to- free to respond to my little monologue uh, there too. Um, yeah, I think it has been a little bit of a wake-up call to, as well to the Protestant church uh, because we're used to hearing about the the sex abuse scandals in the Roman Catholic church in the 90s and 
and so forth. Um, but it, it was really um, some abuse scandals in the Southern Baptist churches uh, that came to light that that really um, led uh, uh, the Southern Baptist Church to to take this more seriously. And I think it was, I, I really do think it was a wake-up call um, to the Protestant church at large um, to see a, a, the same sort of scandal happening in one of the largest Protestant uh, associations uh, in, in the world. Even para, uh, even parachurches, actually, you, you're saying it reminds me, I'm, I'm glad you pointed out the SBC, but but in recent years, how many leaders of parachurches, even parachurches purportedly designed to uh, to improve uh, the Christian family, to help the Christian family, right. have, have been rife with sexual abuse? Correct. Yeah. But I mean, I, you know, as, as I started to read more um, and one of the seminal books that really got me uh, kind of – uh, helped me wrap my head around the dynamics of domestic abuse was The Heart of Domestic Abuse by Chris Moles. Um, and that then connected me with an organization called Called Peace uh, Ministries um, that offered a, a, a domestic abuse advocacy certification um, through their organization, uh, which was uh, a year long advocacy, a year long worth of courses in advocacy, um, uh, in which at the end they offer um, a certification as um, in domestic abuse advocacy, which was even further more for me was helpful in opening my eyes to um, the, the breadth of domestic. Uh, abuse. You know, when we think of domestic abuse, we we tend to have an idea of it in our mind in which we're thinking, okay, someone has physically assaulted someone else. Um, it's gone too far. The police have been called. They're slapped in handcuffs. There's clearly um, an egregious sin that has happened here. Um, and, and we've tended in the past to to limit domestic abuse simply to physical abuse. In other words, the misuse of physical power um, uh, against someone else. Um, when in reality, physical assault <laughs> um, and, and the, the use of one's physical power to dominate and control someone else is actually what I might describe as um, the next to the last stop on in, in a whole line of a misuse of um, uh, power uh, to control and dominate uh, someone else. And so there's clear in indications uh, that that abuse is not just limited to um, to, to physical assault of an individual to control them. Um, but there are, there are non-physical forms of abuse, what is usually and sometimes called emotional abuse, uh, verbal abuse, psychological uh, abuse that I, that I think the church um, and those who are training to become uh, ministers of the gospel need to be able to recognize if they are going to care well uh, for uh, the flock of God, there there is a reason why Jesus equates anger um, with murder. Yeah, uh, 
there's a reason James describes the tongue as a deadly poison. And there's a reason why Proverbs describes and says there are words that are like sword thrusts, right? Um, and so whoever coined the phrase, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words um, uh, can never hurt me, um, that, that's probably the one of the most um, misguided statements, <laughs> I think, that has ever been perpetrated on the human race. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's interesting. Early in my ministry, I remember uh, Paul Tripp's book War of Words, and mm, right away right. starting to right away I had speech on my radar, and, and and I loved Proverbs. I still love Proverbs, but I was doing a lot of research, even in in potent, in graduate work at the time in Proverbs, and and I stuck with how how words uh, are so serious uh, and and right. affect for good or for ill. I mean, Paul talks about the difference between corrupting talk and then words that give grace and build up, uh, and right. and then even recently Sam Logan. Uh, had a book, uh, the good name, the power of words to hurt and heal, and mm. and I there too is I we've we've sort of had the category of words on our radar, but haven't really brought it into the orbit of abuse until recently. Although at the same time, I've found it a bit ironic. The more I've learned and the, the more I've read on this, that there was a time, and I, I won't drop names, but you even have individuals who have used language like, "Well, what are we up against?" I mean, is it a is it a a husband who has just slapped his wife around a couple of times, or is it like a true form of abuse? And I'm going, wow, even on the physical side, you have people saying somehow slapping of a spouse around is is not itself considered abuse. How much more then are they likely to dismiss something like emotional or spiritual uh, kinds of abuse or verbal abuse as well? Right, right. I, You know, I think it should... Uh, maybe we can think about it this way. Um, you can have forms of abuse that are non-physical forms of abuse, right? Without it escalating to what I would to what we might call physical abuse. Um, uh, and but you will never have a situation in a relationship in a marriage where there is physical abuse. And not the other forms or not to have some other form of abuse present in that relationship. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I don't I don't want to be too dramatic here. Sure. But when, sure. when I when I say that, um, you know, when we say that that physical assault is the next to the last step uh, in a long train of stops on a, a, a spectrum of abuse, um uh the the last step is is fatality i mean the mm. the last step is is murder. is like is actual physical homicide. murder yeah um and and so i think it it bears remembering that when a relationship even if that assault is episodic in in other words i I, i've never encountered a situation and or there these are extreme situations in which someone is physically assaulted in their relationship every single day right um yet um that is um that needs to be understood as occurring within the context of a broader pattern in which someone is using the gifts that God has given them, um, whether it be their mind or their words, um, 
and or also their physicality to serve themselves rather than serve, for example, uh, their spouse. Um, and so when, when we think of physical abuse, we have we, it doesn't happen in a vacuum. And, and I think that's what we really want to impress. Uh, and that's what I really wanted to impress on our students in class uh, is that w- when someone has gotten to a point of escalating to physical assault in a relationship, you are in a very dangerous situation. And and that person has endured much uh, it has endured many other forms of abuse that have actually led up to that and and our desire of course is that ministers with the help of others be able to recognize signs of this uh in the church to have their hearts and their minds uh, attuned to the reality that it's not just happening out there in the world, um, but it's happening in the church too. Well, that is, this is just why this topic is so important. Why we're so thankful that not only you are involved in this, just in general as a pastor, and, and but how, why you came to Mid America to teach the class, and why we're talking now. I mean, it's it's a this is one of these these topics that's very difficult. I mean, we, we're talking you and me in some ways very clinically about this because we're, we're we we deal with this in terms of of our pastoral work fairly regularly. I think you more so than me, um, but it doesn't downplay how serious and and just this is very this is very emotional and I think would be very it can in fact be very hard for some of our listeners to be hearing and yet uh, it's such an important conversation and in fact uh, in our next episode. We're going to kind of move uh, move to the next step of even recognizing abuse, and hopefully, uh, hopefully, if you come back, uh, well, we do hope you will come back for our next episode, and uh, and and be able to start hearing through ways in which we can recognize uh, abuse, potential abuse, actual abuse, and uh, before our uh, an episode further where we can talk about how we respond to it. Next week, Reverend Compton and Reverend Patterson will look at ways we can recognize abuse in the setting of the church. For more podcast episodes, you can find us on our website at midamerica.edu slash podcasts and wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Be sure to search for and subscribe to Mid-America Reformed Seminaries Roundtable. I'm Jared Luchibor. Till next time.